the the psychic damage yeah. I am also catching by being in Vegas for just a, a few days now is is really something. One of the things, I mean, I, I kept having to check in with Ed and Jeremy to to figure out like how much of this is me just having lived in Australia for so long and not having been back to the U.S. in so long that it's like. You know, was it like this before uh, before I left? You know, because I haven't been back to the U.S. in almost four years. So it's just like, was it like this since, you know, when, before I left? And did I just forget or have things actually changed? Um, and one of the things I, I had to, like, really check in with them about was the the insane uh like carceral CVS, you know, we talk about this shit being prisons and it was like, uh, you know, it, all, all right, Foucault. All right. I, I, I give you it's it, yes. Things are damn. Why, why does this pharmacy look like a prison? You know, it's the pharmacy, to prison pipeline, but like being like, you know, in the Vegas CVSs and seeing, um, that, all of the hygiene products are kept behind lock and key. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, the the liquor, you know, cabinet or the liquor aisle that's behind, you know, lock shelves, and they've got the little like, uh, you know, alarm, uh, you know, choker necklaces on the on the 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 handles of vodka and whiskey and whatever. But like uh, the seeing that all of the body wash, lotion, and deodorant is kept behind lock and key on the shelf uh that the toothpaste is not kept behind lock and key but it's a it's a little flap that you have to lift up to get to the toothpaste and as long as that flap is lifted up a siren goes off that just says wah 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 being like this motherfucker's getting toothpaste Alert, alert, this yeah. motherfucker's getting toothpaste. Um, and like, you know, or like when you want to get deodorant or body wash or something, you got to ring a buzzer and then a, an automated announcement comes over, you know, customer service uh, need or customer assistance needed at deodorant. It's like, this motherfucker's stinky. He needs deodorant. <laughs> like, it's so well, I mean, obviously the, the, the point of all this is to keep all of the um, unhoused and otherwise poor uh, people from, you know, even thinking about stealing uh, a basic everyday necessity, you know, hygiene items. It, it, it's like, it's some real hellscape shit. And I just had to check in. I was like, did, was I just so inert to the hellscape of America when I lived here that it didn't even register with me? Or is this new? Um, and and I'm, I, at least from what uh, y'all are saying it, this, this is like a new development or at least like the absolute spread of it with them, you know, putting stuff like that in a lot of cities in the United States, that's something that's been happening like off and on. I want to say for like the past 10 years, um, I famously remember there was, uh, someone posted on Twitter a, a while ago, a while ago, you know, probably quite a few years ago at this point, uh, pictures of like, I want to say it was like a, uh, Dwayne Reed in New York city that had the, the black hair care products all like in plastic boxes with, a uh, you know, a key to be able to open them up, you know, on the shelf, like you had to make sure you wouldn't saw somebody so you can open it up. Um, now it's starting to do that with, you know, like Jason said, with like deodorant and, uh, personal hygiene things. I mean, uh, where I live, I do uh, mutual aid. And so my address is used as uh, the delivery address for a lot of the, 
wish list stuff that we get for our local mutual aid. And a lot of, a lot of the top stuff we get is uh, hygiene stuff because it's all, all, all behind lock and key uh, at every single drugstore, at every Walmart, um, any place that, you know, you're going to go and buy deodorant or you're going to go and buy, you know, skincare lotion, um, even the cheap shit, it's all, it's all behind lock and key. And it's and it's done as, as a as a way to p- keep, you know, riffraff, quote unquote, riffraff and undesirables from coming in and just grabbing stuff off the shelf. And you know, some of it might be resale market, whatever. You know, uh, go go hustle for that cash, uh, go make your money. But also, there are people that definitely need that shit, and making it difficult just uh, you know, people are going to find different ways to get it. The um, a lot a lot of the arguments in favor of it or defending it have settled on that organized retail uh, crime and resale market thing, right? Where they say, well, the real problem is that we're having people come in and they're sell- and they're stealing thousands, tens of thousands worth of merchandise, and then they're reselling it, and we can't really stop them because shoplifting isn't prosecuted or prosecutors really go forth with it or organizations really press charges. But there's also, you know, if you step back and think about it, right, a lot of these places will admit, like, the thing that we've been doing is trying to beef up loss and prevention, uh, you know, deals or services or staffing, but it falls short and then they end up spending more money on this while they still have staffing shortages, while there's still an incentive to steal and while uh, locking up all these things, right, if they're saying, oh, this is to protect the consumer so we don't have to get rid of the product, um, it, it deters the sales, so they end up losing more money anyway, right? The re- like, if you're really interested in stopping organized retail crime, if you're re- really orga- interested in stopping reselling, you should do what they've been trying to do, which is like, uh, require that online marketplaces don't have like if if that's what you care about that make it a little bit harder for online marketplaces to accept stolen goods but like that's like not the primary interest here I mean the primary interest is a, you, it's two birds with one stone you can say that you're also deterring organized retail crime even though you're not actually doing that because you don't have the staff to do it um, and you're not going to be able to actually enforce. Um, deterrence for shoplifting because no one's going to prosecute them really. But also, you like you know, both of them have been saying, uh, Jathan and Jeremy, you're keeping uh, you know unhoused, poor, undesirable people away from stealing the shit that you might not otherwise want them to steal too. And that's really the eyesore, um, or that's the thing that might trigger it, uh, trigger a response more so than. Uh, really uh, sophisticated operations coming in and stealing tens of thousands of dollars worth of something. It's the unhoused person coming in and stealing five things and that being noticeable and draw and, you know, uh, triggering either latent racism or a lot of the ick, a lot of prejudice that people will have against someone um, who's struggling like they are. Right. So uh, there's a lot of things at play here, but a lot of it, the reason why there are a lot of things at play here are really Come, you know, boil down to like, yeah, larger structural problems in the economy that are making it hard for people in general to, to make do. Lack of staffing at these places, the increased cost of them, and people need, still needing them to survive, and then these companies seizing an opportunity to, you know, uh, to keep out uh, people from have, you know stealing their stuff. And saying that they're fighting the crime, even though they acknowledge in the same breath that their efforts to stop loss and theft or deterring sales and cutting into them by as much as 25%. It's, you know, it's a bit of a ridiculous situation. 